Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Oh, he just muted himself. Unbelievable. Am I back? Back? You were back, and then I lost I lost you again. You you back? I think I'm back. Am I back? You're back. Literally, I went like, hello, Andy. And it went, I heard a click in my earphones and my my audio unplugged. I have no idea why. By the way, that's happening to me now, too. It, it, it's the cord that goes into the mic. No, for me, I think it's the cord. I think it's the connection between my computer and that. Like, we have, you know, you sent me this thing that's like adapter thing. I think the adapter is a little... Oh, okay. Lucy goosey. Yeah. Anyway, I already have, listen, we talked about it a couple episodes ago with our music preferences and all that stuff. Apple's grinding my gears lately. The, the, the Apple people are letting me down. I've been, I've been in my, the, the Prano family has been an Apple Stan family. John was like, we're, we, we use Apple products before it was like a fucking thing. I wish we had started investing in Apple when my brother John started forcing us to buy Apple. And I mean, we're talking about the early nineties here and I don't know, 30 years. It was a good run, but Apple's pissing me off. No, I'm still team Apple, but the quality just keeps going down. Mm, Has it? Yeah. We We have no, we have an adapter because we, these fucking computers don't have ports. The camera's fucking janky. It's, it's, well, yeah. like that's a whole other discussion. I don't think that's just an Apple issue. I don't know why they keep that's a technological thing that I can't well, answer. Here's, but here's the thing: Apple was always like, "We're gonna you pay for the fucking quality." That was it forever. Yeah, you could always get cheap ass little Dell or whatever. You get your little, you know, ThinkPad, blah blah blah. But it was always like, especially if you're a creative. Historically, if you're a creative, you're just we get we give you the best camera we give you the best audio we give you the best whatever that shit died with steve jobs you think nah just saying yeah apple's like the yankees they were good in the 90s big george early 2000s big george and steve jobs a couple guys who love turtlenecks dead Nothing was ever the same. No, man, I, I'm still Team Apple. I mean, you got, yeah. got your you got your iPhone. Yeah, I'm still Team Apple for now. Comments are popping off right now on YouTube. Yeah, love it. Love to see you guys. I, th- I think people, you know, this is one of those sports days where like news just kind of hit, like the Jalen Hurts news. Jalen Hurts, huge, huge breaking news. Lots of NBA discussions to be had. Lots to, to be had. It's Brett Beatty Day. It's what? 
Brett Beatty Day. Oh my God! I just one of the top one of the top there. prospects in all of baseball coming up to join the Mets here in Los Angeles for tonight's game at the Dodgers, which I will be at. I'm gonna make a confession to all the dirtballs out there. You haven't watched a single baseball game this year. I haven't watched a single pitch. Not a single pitch, guys. I'm talking. I'm not talking like game inning. I have not watched a single pitch. I've been trying to do this for a couple of years now. And I think for all the bandying that Andying has done, just join. You can you can love baseball again. You are welcome on the Mets bandwagon. You've been you've been behind home plate in a crouch. Join us, Bandy Andy. No, it's it's. By the way, it's not. It's I'm it's just, the Reds. It's the Reds. If the yeah. Reds had signed, if the Reds had signed showy otani this offseason you'd be you'd have your sleeveless sabo jersey and you'd be fucking you know behind the dugout but you know what sending us sending us selfies with joey Votto every day i well first of all joey Votto is in rehab which now he's stalled that's a whole other discussion i can't even watch if i wanted to really yeah i have youtube tv and so they black you out there so the reds are on Bally's, which again went bankrupt. This is baseball. I can't really. Bro, you have do. Do you know what I learned this weekend while I was in Vegas? I don't know if you saw my tweet, but then I then I actually Googled it and investigated. Six MLB teams, six MLB teams claim Las Vegas as a local market. Six, and and Major League Baseball is just like cool. You can all have it. So when you're in Las Vegas. You cannot watch MLB TV broadcasts of the Dodgers, the Angels, the Padres, the Diamondbacks, the Athletics, and one other team. San Francisco, maybe? Six teams. Yeah, it makes no sense. Can you imagine the audacity of being the Oakland A's or the San Francisco Giants and being like, we're a Las Vegas team? Oakland... Maybe you could convince me in some sort of pre-move scenario. Four hours, dude? Is that true? So when I lived in Las Vegas, so circa 2005 through like 2007, it was Dodgers. So we got all the Dodgers and Lakers games. It is six teams. Now, you don't get them locally. But you can't watch them locally. Okay, yeah, because we got Dodgers games locally. And they might still. I don't know what their fucking local team. I don't know if you have Spectrum there if you get the Dodgers. But if you have MLB, if you sign up. Basically, if you live in Las Vegas, fuck baseball. You got to go to a sports book. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Mets played the Padres last week. Game was on TNT blacked out at the bar at a casino. But again, I don't really understand that. Like, like the term blackout, the NFL, again, was wise enough to realize, why are we blacking out games to our local markets if they don't sell out? Like, the NFL got rid of blackouts. MLB's still doing blackouts. The only thing blacked out during an MLB game should be the fans after drinking booze through the eighth inning. That should be a blackout. Yeah. Vegas baseball fans are just Andy Dick. They're just blacked out every goddamn day. 
They got that triple A team. You should have checked out that stadium. It looks pretty badass. Listen, I'm uh, somebody said that to me, and I I realized that I absolutely should have planned better. Um, I mean, obviously at night, most of the games are at night, and most of my shows are at night. But Sunday, there was a day game, and I just didn't strategize to go. But also, there was playoff basketball. Yeah, no, I, I get it. A lot of great games. I do want to play a quick call though about Major League Baseball. A little, a little call will get out of the way. A little baseball unwritten rules. I always like to discuss Ooh. these. I, I think they're kind of ridiculous. Stripper Dirtball Bryson calling me in. So Giants were up on the White Sox 13 in the last inning, maybe second last inning, you know, on the uh, White Sox. And um, <laughs> White Sox fans are saying they broke an unwritten rule, Bush League, for them to put in their outfielder because they were up 13, which they say is disrespectful. So they put him in the pitch, but that's like, I've never heard of that unwritten rule. I know teams do it all the time when they're down, but they're saying it's disrespectful and Bush League to do it when they're up, and they want the Giants to get hit first pitch next time they play the White Sox. Never in my life have I heard this unwritten rule. seems like these things pop up once a year. We end up talking about it. Kind of over the whole unwritten rule thing, they even told me, in a perfect game, it's still an unwritten rule in Bush League and disrespectful to bunt your way out of a perfect game, even if it's 0-0. Zero to zero. Fuck that. I'm laying the butt down if it's 0-0 zero to zero to get my team on base. It's ridiculous. So kind of want to get y'all's opinion on unwritten rules as a whole, maybe some you agree or disagree with, or if you just disagree with them at all, like as a whole. But, yeah, stay dirty, guys. Well, the general thing with unwritten rules is it is in my opinion when you say unwritten rule i think unwritten rule like it is this is a rule like to me not pitching guys from the other team if one team wants to say that's bush league or the other team doesn't that's like that's that's a conversation you guys are gonna have that's not an unwritten rule that's not an unwritten rule by any means they're actually talking about making that a rule. I think they were even instituting that or, or trying to institute it like right relatively soon about when you could or could not pitch position players um, because major league baseball doesn't like it means, you know, whatever. Meanwhile, I think it just started happening more and more often. Um, it used to be a thing where, yeah, teams were down big and they just didn't want to think they, they just didn't know what the fuck else to do. So they didn't want to waste any more bullpen arms or whatever. They went through everybody in their bullpen. So uh, you pitch guys now with the rules about you can't just have one batter and then switch the guys. There's the, the idea is you shouldn't be going through, you shouldn't have put yourself in a position where a game got out of hand after you wasted a bunch of pitchers doing righty lefty matchups. So you should always have guys who can get in there. Um, I disagree with that being an unwritten rule. If you want to say it's Bush league, whatever, but I don't think it's unwritten rule. And to be totally honest with you, Bush league about the perfect game or no hitter, also, but not a really an unwritten rule. Like, yes, I would say if your team was down six nothing and you're getting late into a game, if you're down six nothing and it's the eighth inning and your guy drops down a bunt, it's kind of that's kind of bush league because you're like, oh, you're fucking with this guy's perfect game. And what's one guy on base really gonna do for you? In a nothing nothing game, in a one nothing game, 
in a game that that matters and and one base runner you know a bloop and a bomb is two runs these days a walk and a bomb so like bunting in that situation bush league questionable definitely not an unwritten rule i would say bush league with a certainty if it was if the game's like sort of out of reach and you're doing it just to fuck up a perfect game well baseball is the only sport i would say it's like the only sport we have these discussions unwritten rules but but it is it's like maybe in basketball where the guy dunks it and he shouldn't at the end and it pisses off the other team that would be considered bush league or running up the score passing when you're up big in football but yeah. like baseball has so many of these well the the reason baseball has more of them because think about everything you just said everything you just said had to do with games being somewhat out of control and you can just let the clock run out, right? That's your option. In baseball, you don't have the option to let the clock run out. You have to get, you know, you have to get the other team out. So the issue in baseball is why it's layered is because, you know, in, in football, not passing is whatever. You Not only are you running the clock out, but it's kind of like somewhat respectful. In baseball, if you're a baseball player, just because your team goes up 13 nothing. You can't just go up there and take strikes and get out like your statistics are on the line. Everybody's, you know, you know, in a battle with themselves to stay hot, to get off some, get out of some slump or whatever. So the idea is you got to still go up there and try to get base hits, even if you're up 13, but maybe don't take an extra base. Maybe if you're on base, you don't steal all that stuff. So it gets a little bit more layered. Yeah, no, for sure. But like, we just start like we're creating like the idea of it being an unwritten rule to, to pitch a position player when you're killing a team. Like what? That's, that's never been a thing. Right. Like that's just a made up thing. Well, that's why I was saying it's a little bit, that's certainly a question mark. And I think that there's a, there is a difference if you really dig into like Bush league and unwritten rules are are two totally different things. You break an unwritten rule. It's like, okay, now we're like, now the unwritten rules we throw at you. Bush League, you see that where your guys are kind of like, oh, we didn't we didn't like it. And it's like, well, now you're just fucking. When I say when I hear Bush League, I just think of like 70s porn Bush. Like I feel like that's like a porn magazine, Bush League. <laughs> like that's what I'm thinking in my head. Like, oh, it's Bush League. And you're like, well, yeah, there was there was some serious Bush on that right there. Bill Bush League. I can't believe somebody didn't capitalize that on that in like the seventies and the eighties and just target minor leaguers, like in the Texas league on buses all day, selling a porno mag called Bush league. Ah, I guarantee the official, the official porno mag for minor leaguers traveling by bus. Dude, there a hundred percent was a porno magazine at one point called Bush league. I know I've mentioned this before. I bought a magazine in Barcelona, Spain called Lesbos. Literally, that's what it was called. Yeah. If that existed, there's one called Bush League. Because it was published on the island of Lesbo. Yeah, correct. Fun fact. So when it comes to these rules, though, at the end of the day, like I said, I just like I'm not a fan of most of them. Like the whole unwritten, what, like, just just play baseball, man. Can we just play the game? 
Can we just play the game? To me, the idea of an unwritten rule and then the response with hurting someone in, you know, like drilling a guy or whatever. I think at this point, we've now reached beyond that, like for a lot of things that used to get you thrown at. But there's still something. I mean, listen, baseball's a fucking grind. That's the thing about baseball. I mean, we, we talked about it with guys like Castellanos last year said like, he literally can't focus. It's like, it's 162 games in the summer. You play six games at every fucking seven days a week. It's a grind. So when you get out there and you're like, man, we're already getting our ass kicked. I just can't wait to get the fuck out of here. Get a beer, go out, forget about this game, wash it, get back here tomorrow and try to fucking play baseball again. And the other team's like running up the score on you. I understand being like, fuck these dudes because the response is, Oh, well, we'll run up the fucking score on you next game when you have your shitty pitcher. In, and then it's like, ah, God damn it. Baseballs are already fucking annoying and they're pissed off that the games take too long. And then we're taking too long. It's like, <coughs> so running up the score is one thing, but putting a guy in to pitch, you're not running up the score. You're essentially fucking giving your guys some opportunities to get to raise their average. Well, confirmed. The power of Google. Thanks, A. Millie. Just Googled it from YouTube comments. They have a Bush League DVD. The cover has a girl with Vietnam swamp pubes on the front. Vietnam swamp pubes. Not sure what that means, but we'll run with it. But it's pretty descriptive, so I kind of do. Yeah. Well, enjoy that in your search history for the record. That's a fun one. What are the unwritten rules about NBA players trying to fight fans in the middle of a game? What are those unwritten rules? Well, Mr. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. I think what Russell Westbrook's unwritten rule book is different than a lot of other people's. He's a lunatic. I love this one though. You do. I did. I love this. I love this one just in like how it was able to happen. And then like, like how it actually played out. So during last night's Suns Clippers game, Russell Westbrook confronts a fan walking back onto the court from halftime. So the Suns, have a setup where the players and I'll show all this because it's it's very important to the whole story. If they want to take a shortcut to the locker room, they basically go through club seats right next to the fans. So one of the fans who was obviously talking trash on the court during the game and one of his. Now, do we know that or do we know that he wasn't talking trash? Because that's why I asked you, you showed me the the video and I had done my own research, but then you showed me the video of a guy kind of taking you through. I thought he must've been going like to halftime or to the end of the game or something like that. But it turns out it looks like he was going back to the court. Correct. So I'm wondering if on his way through that room, the guy said some shit literally in the room because the video starts, they're already in the middle of it. Yeah. It feels like somebody pulled out a camera after it had started. So do you think on his way to the court, he's like, fuck you Westbrook or whatever. 
Well, it sounds like, well, you can hear other guys calling him Westbrick. Right. I mean, he, he had another bad shooting game, like awful. Three of 19. Right. I mean, you you knew when he got the ball, like at the end, I don't know if you remember, there was like a three at the end. You're like, this isn't going to, oh, brick. But also had some big plays, uh, tons of offensive rebounds, the the huge block and the huge block and then toss at the end. (coughs) Yeah, for sure. It was, it was sort of, as far as like West Russell Westbrook's 2023 personality, like court abilities, it was like everything that Russell Westbrook can be on a basketball court at in 2023 in one game yeah 100% missing shots ripping rebounds crazy like probably the the single defensive play of his career I know I was thinking that because they were really buttering him up on the announcers I forget who was calling that was that was that Van Gundy I forget but like Whoever was calling was like, but he's really making up for it on defense. And I'm like, okay, guys, like he had a couple good defensive plays. Like, I don't know if that makes up for shooting three of 19. And he, and he for sure had some plays at the end, but I don't know if they offset each other. Regardless, this is the exchange that Russ has with the Suns fan. And there's so much going on here. Again, walking back onto the court through some sort of club level suite. Okay, so so to me, I want to break down a couple of different things. Let's start with the kid eating ham. I think it's the most important thing. This kid's this kid's in the fucking luxury suite, luxury suite at halftime. He he's is. going ham. He's going no hams, no hands hamming. He went and got like some sliced ham steak out of, I assume, one of those like fucking tin buffet things. I don't know. Who, like, uh, uh, listen, to me, the kid eating ham like that tells me a lot about his dad. <laughs> like, you weren't like, yo, son, get yourself some silverware. We're not animals. He's literally like, my son should eat ham as if he was a horse eating out of a trough. <laughs> and you're okay. Like, if you're okay with that, if my dad saw me doing that, he would he would be like, you're going to choke on that ham if you don't go get yourself a fucking knife and fork right now and stop acting like a goddamn animal. And, and what's also important, you have Russell Westbrook coming in to talk trash with your dad. You're more concerned about the ham. Like, yeah. like the boy doesn't even get up like right here. He turns around and it's kind of just like, yo dude, can you not bother me? I got a ham. Yeah. Which, which is a whole thing. Like the son doesn't even get up. That's the other part of it that like, again, this, the kid is telling me a lot about the dad. Like he's like, this is not the first time my dad, like it's, it's kind of, it seems very casual for this kid to be around his dad getting yelled at by a professional athlete. He's like, here we go again. I was thinking that too. He's definitely like, here we go again. Because I don't know if an NBA star, an NBA former MVP came to talk to my dad personally in the middle of a game. I'm definitely dropping the ham. Like, yo, what's, what's happening? This kid is all, he's going ham on the ham. Yeah. That's what's happening here. And unfortunately for him, 
like in the world of social media, this kid, I mean, he's at school today and they're like, ham bone, <laughs> ham bone. You don't know how to, you don't know, you don't know what a fucking fork is, kid. Yeah. What- I mean, listen, I'm not taking like there's really no sides to take here because it's ridiculous. But like, yes, this just proves to you money can't buy class. Like this guy's got enough money. I think there's a lot of reports if you look on Twitter that this is some guy who like last season was literally courtside like flashing money. There's like a gif of him like okay. flashing a wad of money. Bro, this is a great shot right here. Yeah. Dad has stood up to talk to Russell Westbrook. Kid is just engulfed face first in that piece of ham. No silverware. I'm just, just excited that I no longer have the most, uh, uh, you know, ridiculous luxury suite performance of the year. I've, lo- I feel like, I feel like sweet gate. I feel like, you know, uh, beer gate has been overtaken by ham face. So what's that's dad, nice. What's dad drinking here? It looks like either like maybe a, a Mick ultra slim can. Sus. Yeah. Or like, or a, uh, you know, a seltzer, which doubles us. Yeah, 100%. So what I love here is is this is... I'll a, tell you what, a guy with a Miller Lite would never do any of this stuff. No, 100%. Like for certainty. Never. So this is a Lakers... I'm sorry, not a Lakers. A Clippers security guard, it looks like. Um, Also, Russ is going like 80s football vibe, showing the yeah. chest. He's going, he's going uh, Zeke Elliott. Yeah, he's going all Zeke Elliott. He's going Michael Irvin days playing for the U. By so, the way, can we just like my, one of the, my low key favorite parts of this video is how Russell Westbrook is forty percent bigger than every single human being in a, in a in any given room. It just it's like goes to show you like yo NBA players are huge. Yeah, he's a guard. Yeah, he's the biggest guy in that room by a, a head and a half for sure. Look at the guy who's like probably the toughest guy in the room until Russell Westbrook walks in. And Russell Westbrook's like, dude, I will fucking end you. Is that woman holding a baby in the back left? With the orange pants? Yeah. I don't think so. I'm I'm losing my mind. So, by the way, I love love him dropping the motherfucker right in front of the kid. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to ignore Hambone over here. Yeah. The start of it is great. If you, if you see the start of it, Russ is staring him down with the security guard for the Clippers in front yeah. of him. I love it because he's like, you know, like I, if to me, it feels like he's cutting through here and some guy talks some shit. Sitting there with his Mick Ultra while his kid, you know, rescue dogs, a ham steak. And he's just like, yo, fuck you, Russ. And then Russ is like, okay, listen, we can do this. I'm in the room with you. So I think he talked trash on the way to the locker room. And, and then is- Russ doubled back through? Yes. That's my theory. Interesting. Yeah, what? No. Watch your mouth. Take it like a man. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. No, I, I, think, I think that's Russ's, I think that's Russ's reaction to, a, to words in the moment. In the moment, I think I think it is. Uh, Russ is crazy, and Russ has definitely has some issues with people talking shit to him. But I don't think he takes that energy. I I think even him, 
he, his mind, his brain would have talked himself out of, let's go back there and talk shit to that guy. Also, ha- that guy has courtside seats. He's definitely in his seats until halftime. The buzzer goes off. Russ goes to the locker room. Everybody files out. They sneak into the luxury lounge for their halftime ha- ham steaks. And then on the way back through, Russ is just like, I'm going to take that shortcut. And this dude's like, yeah, fuck you, Russ. W- West Brick. And he's like, all right. I just don't understand of all the things that we're going to discuss about this. Why are you eating ham in the luxury box? Dude, I'd be eating ham. You'd be eating ham? Why not, man? If you got thick cut ham for me? I just had some good ham. Some actually still left over from Easter. A good thick ham. Just had a great ham sandwich. So don't get me wrong. I love ham. Literally just ate it. But like... I don't know if I'm getting ham in the luxury box. I mean, if it's there, I'm trying it. Maybe he went, maybe he went wings and you know, sliders and fries pregame. Maybe he's like, Yeah, I, I haven't fucked with that ham yet. I can tell. That kid likes to eat. Yeah. He, he can tell. You can tell of the chewing part of his paper plate <laughs> along with his ham that he likes to eat. He's eating it like he's eating it like my dog stealing ham off the table. Just like pulling at the end of a fucking plate. <laughs> Russell, and that's and that's and that's again why I applaud Russell Westbrook in that situation. He's like, What, I'm gonna keep it classy around the kid here? Kids eating out of a trough. I wish Russ would have acknowledged that and said, Yo, do get some get a fork, get a knife. Come on, man. Yeah. Get some silverware. Be silver. Watch your mouth and get a fork for this kid. Can you get your boy some silverware? You fucking trash ass. Now, let me ask you something. Russell Westbrook clearly has like a hair trigger, you know, clearly Russ has, has temper issues, always has clearly always will part of his greatness. When he was great, part of his goodness, if you will, that he, when he is still some sort of good rush, Russ has to do with energy. So it's like, listen, you can't, you can't be too surprised. Like this is who he is. Is there any part of this where you go, we have it like I have never been to a Phoenix Suns game. I have never been to a Utah Jazz game. I've never been to a Raiders game. I have been to a Phillies game of all sorts. There is a a lot of conversation. You hear it all the time from different players, not just Russ. Jazz fans, trash. Suns fans, trash. Is there any part of this where you're like, dude, Suns fans are like, this is just like, this is another, this is another piece of evidence that maybe Suns fans aren't the best group of NBA fans. I mean, I just take it as like, this is 2023. Players are talking shit back to the fans. Fans are getting more ballsy. Hear me out on one thing, and you know I'm not the biggest fan of, like, L.A. fans in general for a lot of reasons. But if you're a Clipper and you end up making your way through some sort of Lakers luxury suite on the way. It's not happening. No. no To me, it's like like if you have courtside Lakers tickets – 
you're already like dealing with like having to watch yourself. Like you're not just like, yo, Eddie Murphy shreks the shit, dude. Like you're not just like yeah. fucking yelling shit. You're like Nicholson was there for years. Sandler's there. Chris Rock's there. Fucking, you know, all these people are there. Like you see all kinds of accused names. Like some guy, you know, some guy whose name, whose name, you know, comes through. You don't just fucking curse them out. Like it just, to me, it wouldn't happen. And I would say the same thing as a Knicks fan. It's like, dude, if, if, like if, if Russell Westbrook somehow managed to like walk through the 500 level of Madison Square Garden, yeah, somebody might throw a fucking hot dog at him or something like that. But I, but I don't think if you're down at fucking Celeb Row, if you're in the, if you're in a luxury suite, that shit ain't happening. I feel like that's and and again, the Mick Ultra and and old Hambone over there are telling me this is like. Scottsdale, Arizona, new money trash. It's the guy who made this guy who swindled some people in NFTs and doesn't know how to act in a thing that's supposed to be like classy. Yeah. Well, also the whole thing of the accessibility, right? Because again, they, I'm going to show this video real quick about the players cutting through the suite to get seems to the like a bad, seems, seems like they shouldn't allow that. That's what I'm saying. Like, seems like they shouldn't, but also, counterpoint if you're charging people tons of money and they get this like halftime thing, like a kind of a cool fucking thing, it's like, yo, and also sometimes the players like fucking cut through here in and out of halftime. It's like, no, it is cool. You're like, dude, hey man, you're getting a slice of ham. But now, but now today, like literally today, they're going to be like, you, we do, like players can't go through there anymore. And that is because. Hambone's dad doesn't know how to act. Yeah, man. No, I know. And, and here's the video. This I think it's a local like Phoenix reporter, something like that, is showing how it kind of all works. In the area, the entrance area where, if you've all seen it, the Russell Westbrook and fan incident happened. So here's the area right here. Okay, so I'm gonna get off camera. And we're going to walk through here so I can show you what I'm talking about. So basically, you come through here, and this is where this went down. But this is like a shortcut to get to the visiting locker room. So here's the little area, right? That's where this all so, went down right here. Like so you, you see, see right here. Right here. This is basically a lounge. A lounge like you go area, right? right through the lounge so here. here right off the court. In, you can walk this way, and then you can cut... This and he's showing, watch this. You go right through this door. You yeah. walk out here, it's exit route. And then you go here and you turn and you turn and voila. Here Boom. is the visiting, entrance to the visiting locker room. So it's a shortcut, right? It's a shortcut. You can yep. go there and then you don't have to walk. Just walk him, get ready to make. And what he shows, what he's showing right around. now. is like a crazy, like. It, I mean, we're talking about, I would say, at least triple the amount of time. Yeah, so what he's showing now is the shortcut versus the regular way. And it is a long way. This is the long way to get there. But, you know, some guys have been taking the shortcut. And by taking the shortcut. I mean, also, it's not, it's not I mean, they're not running a marathon. Interaction took place, right? No. And so. But, like. Uh, this is absurd, a lot of levels, like you said, the fact that they would allow this to happen. Don't know what the NBA is going to do in reaction to it, but... I mean, this uh, is a clearly, long like way. It seems like, you know, what? It, what, what's weird about it is, like, if you watch most 
NBA games. Uh, to get to the locker room, people either go to the corner or mid court area. You almost never see it direct directly under the stanchion on the far end of a court. So the air, the way he slips through the luxury lounge, it's almost like they should have used that for the fucking players entrance and been like, Oh, we'll put the luxury lounge under the basket. You yeah. know what I mean? But no, also I you agree. have big areas for shit like that. I know. I mean, hand bone. So, so, the, so this is all. This is done. They can't go through this anymore because of hand bones, Dad. I'm assuming. I'm yeah. assuming 100. percent Which, like, if you're one of those luxury guys, you're like, yeah, fucking ham, pop a hand bones, fucking ruin it for everybody. We got to see Kawhi Leonard come through here last week, and now we can't see anybody because old Mick Ultra can't keep his fucking mouth shut. He, he that kid reminds me of like you know in cartoons they show the giant the giant ham thing, yeah. That they'd eat, like old school cartoons. Yeah, somebody like slicing it and it like folding off the. Yeah, that's that's that kid. That's what he's doing. Hell of a win for the Clippers though. Yeah. Like if we want to talk four out of five, games. four out of five in my uh, in my zigzag bets this weekend, including. Knicks money line, Lakers money line. Let's go. Yeah. So the only of my of my five, the only one was Philly Brooklyn. Yeah, that game was a blowout. But like we got we got so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this question because we have a lot of favored teams are down 0 1. The Suns, the Grizz. The Warriors are favored to win that series. They're not the higher seed. They were the favorite to win the series, though. Right. And the Bucks. As far as like, I'm saying like the the the, the favorites. Right. Who is in the most trouble between the Suns, Grizz, Warriors, Bucks? Well, to me, it's not even a question of who it is, unless we are talking about a Giannis like out situation which i don't think he is like he'll be i think he'll be back um and i think that was the difference in in that game and sadly i mean i wish i'd bet the money in line that game. i did i thought the bucks would win and the heat would cover but didn't expect Giannis <laughs> to go out um or sorry yeah the bucks to win heat cover um so it's memphis right it's memphis yeah i mean the lakers the, the in that game you know, it's back and forth for a while. I think it's a six-point Memphis lead at the half, but that seemed like it took everything uh, to get them there. The Lakers, to me, I mean, I picked them to win that series, a 7-2 series. A lot of people have the Lakers winning that series uh, for a 7-2 series, and I think there's a reason why. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And here's everything you need to know about the Lakers series. Or the Lakers, the Lakers win. This is what makes them dangerous. Not a supreme LeBron effort, but obviously a great, a great line for you know. If anybody else has that line, it's oh, what a game he played. But certainly not what LeBron's capable of doing. Every guy who played thirty minutes or more in the Lakers game scored nineteen points. Five players with with nineteen or more. Everybody who played over thirty minutes. If they're getting, if they're that, that's that's kind of the 
what's been an issue with LeBron James teams in the past is they're they're top loaded, and then you get a couple guys who score, and then you're like, fuck. If J.R. Smith can't give us twenty or eighteen or fifteen, if we're you know if we have our top two or three guys, and then everybody else has two, four, six, doesn't matter. Five guys with nineteen points or more. If they're spreading the ball around like that add on the possibility in any given game that LeBron James goes takeover mode, which he didn't need to do. And uh, they're dangerous. Well, Reeves has been playing consistently well. So like, yeah, my point is if he plays at that level, obviously you have Russell Achimura had a great game. Yeah. Like they, the they, they really, I, I, did, did you watch what? Did you watch what uh, Ernie and Chuck were arguing over at all by any chance? No. It was funny. Even Kenny called out. It's like I, you. I've never seen you guys get into it like this ever out on our show. Wait, er, Ernie called out Kenny and Chuck. No, Ernie was getting into it with Chuck. Oh, okay. They were they were debating about er, Ernie. Ernie was or Chuck was basically saying, "Hey, man." Like this, this sets up great for the Lakers. He was saying, I'd rather play the, the, the basically the six first seven. Chuck was saying the Lakers are happier to be in the seven, to have a two seed. It's the, he was calling it the, you know, the path of least resistance by doing that one playing game saying, Hey, if they win this series, then they get the winner three, of six game. a three, six game versus him saying, you know, the like the Warriors are gonna have their hands full versus like Memphis. His his argument was to get to the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers gonna have it much easier because of that one playing game. I mean, that's absolutely all he was because, because look at look at all the other possibilities. You know, it's if they're the eight seed, they have Denver, right? If they're the six seed, they have uh, the Kings. Now the Kings and Warriors, they're, they're going to be tough out. For whichever, like whoever the Lakers have to play, would be a tough out for them. But those guys are also going to beat each other up first, and it's going to be a tough series first. <coughs> so the fact that you just have to play one of them, and now everybody's probably out there, and it's like, oh, what about Memphis? What about Memphis? It's like, first of all, Memphis has some guys hurt. Memphis doesn't like Memphis has some experience, but not like a ton of experience. More so, obviously, like I said last episode, than the Kings. But, like, you don't want to have to play the Warriors, who have a ton of experience. But if you do, you, you're playing them in the next round. You don't want to have to play the Suns or the Clippers, really. You, I mean, the only benefit if you were, uh, like, in a 4-5 situation is that you would get to be L.A., L.A. But, like, man, a Clippers, a Clippers series for a Lakers team is going to be fucking hard, hard fought. So you, you, you avoid a Clippers and a Suns. You avoid a Denver, the group of teams, Memphis and the winner of, uh, Sacramento golden state. It's not the worst draw ever. No, I am surprised about that Sacramento golden state game. That arena was to hurt, man. Dude, you should see, have you, I mean, do you, have you seen the prices? The prices you're 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 getting you're you have to spend double to see the Kings 
than you do to see the fucking Warriors at home. So I thought because Think about the, the money that's in the Bay versus the money that's in Sacramento. This is what I'm saying. Well, I thought the proximity of the two teams. I was everything I was reading said it was maybe ten percent Warriors fans, maybe, and obviously you could hear that arena, and they fed off that crowd, and they put out that's going to be a hell of a series. I texted Andy Laz, resident Warriors fan of the the the, the DSPN, and I said for all the um. For all the shots Steph's taken, like, you know, like, it's not like he had 0.7 seconds. Seemed weird to me because he got the ball off. I think the ball had hit the rim before the buzzer went off. Like, the running one-hander seemed, like, seemed unnecessary. Seemed like he could have, you know, taken a moment there. He's got such a quick release. Seemed like just a regular jump shot would have (laughs) been doable. Yeah. You know. Uh, you hate to like, obviously Steph Curry is the greatest shooter in NBA history um, has, you know, made so many big shots. Um, but that seemed like he could have, he could have set up more. It seemed like a rushed three for me. I think we got a seven game series here, man. Which again, both of those teams will be difficult outs, um. but. Imagine that they beat each other up. That that's good for the Lakers too. I think the Lakers. Now, in, I don't. I don't I'm think saying Lakers in five. Yeah, like listen, the Lakers series could be tough too. It could be a six game series for sure. Well, if John um, doesn't play, okay, okay. Let me say this: if John Morant doesn't play next game, yeah, what percentage do you give the Grizzlies to win in the, the game itself? Yes, eighteen. Okay. Random number, not twenty, not fifteen, not twenty. 18. Yeah. Interesting. Also the same age. No, not even the same age of the guy he beat up and it was now count counter suing. I saw Yeah, which interesting, but uh, okay. Because if you go down O2, come on. Yeah. If you go series, down O2 at home, that series is done. So yeah, especially if you go down O2 at home and then you got to go play in LA. But listen, dude, you can't. It's NBA playoffs. For game one overreaction. Sure. Is yeah. Like, I think I think Phoenix wins that series. Yeah. But I'm not surprised that the uh, the Clippers won game game one. Kawhi looked nice, man. He looked good. Yeah, a lot of fun games. A lot of fun games. It was a fun Knicks Cavs game. Yeah. Super fun. That's the most excited I've been for a Knicks playoff game in a long time. I tweeted it. I mean, since the 90s. Obviously, as everybody knows, like the <coughs> the Knicks era of that that included Carmelo Anthony was not not my favorite era. Um that that was that was essentially me somewhat rooting against my own team because I thought it was in our best interest to lose. Obviously it was it was very um you know it was very it was a very difficult time in my fandom when it was a Carmelo Anthony led Mike D'Antoni coach team. A lot of different emotions there. But a team that I actually like and a team that's playing playoff basketball. Like they played a couple years ago 
uh, against the Hawks. Obviously, I was rooting for them, but it just it didn't feel like that team had the potential to do anything of of substance. To me, we're we're in a we're in a uh, very similar situation as we were in for my Giants season, where you know win the win the first round, beat the four seed. Beat the team with the guy that everybody wanted you to acquire this offseason, but you didn't because you didn't want to give up on some of your give up some of your young pieces. Beat that team, go play the one seed, put up a fight. Force the Bucks. Like to me, it's it's very similar. And it didn't happen in the Eagles game. Obviously, I said beat the Vikings, play the one seed to a tough game. They they beat the Vikings. They got the shit kicked out of them by Philly. Don't get swept. You know, force force even like a weak six game series, you know, and to me, that's like building. Now you can lure more people there and you can say, hey, this is it. We're we're a franchise on the come up. Um, That's what I'd like to see. So, you know, stealing game one on the road. Great performance uh, by um, uh, Brunson. Like. Well, Villanova representing. Dude, Villanova's all over the place in the NBA right now. I, well, I was just going to say this. I, I want to make a point about Villanova, or in particular, Jay Wright players in the NBA. How about just that the the guys that were on that those championship rosters that are in the NBA? You got DiVincenzo, Bridges, Brunson, Hart. Yeah, but but they're all like I would call them. Not like Brunson's kind of turning into a star, but but. And even Bridges it, is going to be a star. Like sure. Bridges is turning into a star. But but even their games, they're just like, they're all complete players, if that makes sense. They can shoot, they can rebound, they can score, they can play defense. Like, I don't know. I just feel like Jay Wright, through a lot of all those teams, and obviously these are the championship teams, but I'm just saying like, he built like good caliber, well-rounded players. And guys who like give effort. Yes. Like no one it's, it's again, to bring up, bring it back to, you know, one of my least favorite athletes in the history of sports and Carmelo Anthony. It's like, people always go, man, Carmelo, the scorer that he was like, yeah, no one's denying that. But the attitude that came with it, the lack of caring on defense, the lack of trying to fucking rebound when you're six, eight, like, Carmelo Anthony had everything he needed to be to be like, maybe not a LeBron James, but he had all that he needed to be, to be like a great player. And people are like, Oh, he's a hall of famer. Yeah. Cause all he did was focus on scoring. Yeah. And all of these guys, I mean, Brunson's running that offense. Josh Hart's coming in there. Like Josh Hart is the absolute, difference maker on this Nick the acquiring of Josh Hart has been the absolute difference for this team. It's the only reason I mean they had something that they were building, but he is the reason that that they played as well as they did down the stretch and you have a p- opportunity to win a playoff series because a missing piece like that, three and D gonna fucking get 50 50 balls gonna hustle gonna fucking do all the things every time he's just got his nose in everybody's business yeah i mean good player and a lot of these guys what the thing too about these guys they're not one and done guys you know 
they played for at least a couple seasons. Yeah. So and and have you know when you talk about teams like, um, uh, uh, what call it, the Kings, right? Like a young team with not a lot of playoff experience, but also because they drafted so high, a lot of guys who barely like we we talked about DeAndre Fox, De'Aaron, De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox, uh, talking about how shitty he was in college during that whole college basketball thing. It's like he was a raw freshman, like. We, we've got guys who had tons of like big game college experience. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, you know, and I think that helps when, you know, when you're in the national spotlight that many times, that was, that was Josh Hart's first playoff game in his NBA career. Correct. Am I correct yeah. in that? I don't know. No, I think it was Maybe he on New the, Orleans. Was he on, uh, did he have an Atlanta moment a couple of years ago or is he always, I don't know. Could maybe be you know, not a ton. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I could have sworn that was his, that was play, his playoff debut. Could be wrong though. I don't know. But like, that's gonna be a, a hard fought, good series. We all saw it coming. Though. It's a four or five. Yeah. You know the the other ones maybe not as much in the East. Obviously, the West is kind of. I think I think where everybody's gonna be following, and I don't know, but it was it was a good start for sure. Now, I saw today a former Dirty Sports guest was trending on Twitter. Oh, no. Who did Kellen Winslow Jr. rape? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is that what happened? No. Sean, saw- Mer- Sean Merriman is trying to set up a boxing match between Russell Westbrook and the guy from the luxury suite. No, but I did see just Sean Merriman. He, he's fighting Gronk in a... UFC match. Okay. Did you see that? Hell yeah. That's awesome. No, I shouldn't say UFC. That's almost blasphemy. On uh, Sean's Lights Out. On Lights Out. Yeah. I should say MMA. I always associate. Yeah. But Um, hold on. Let me keep doing Dirty Sports, former guests. Brian Scalabrini has officially trademarked White Mamba. No. Okay. Here, here, Um, here, this is a tough deep, this is a deep dive. I got it. 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 Yoshi has been convicted of of vehicular manslaughter. No, good guess though. Fuck. Do you remember Zach Harper? Oh yeah. Hoops. Yeah, he's he's got his own show on Sirius XM now, I think. Yeah, he's got his own show on Sirius XM. He's a writer for the athletic. Okay. he was trending on Twitter and I was like, well, what's going on here? And uh, he wrote an article about banning charges. Look, we even got a YouTube comment about it. Former guest of the show, Zach Harbour is calling to ban the charge. What's your thoughts about that? I don't, uh, I'll have to read the article, but it sounds really dumb. <laughs> That's my initial response. Yes. Yeah, so re- you're just allowed to plow through guys. So this is the article he wrote today. Why the NBA needs to ban the charge because it's stupid and needs to go away. And he out like he outlines it in seven parts. Um, one of the things he says is the charge isn't really a basketball play. It's really not, especially not anymore. Not with today's athleticism. The charge is a bailout call for the defense. Dude, he was just getting right through the coals on Twitter on that one. Well, this 
this is where you get into what we were kind of talking about a lot around um, the Super Bowl holding call, the pitch clock, all these things. It's you can't. It's hard to have rules and then not enforce them. So like, it's hard to have a rule and then say, but in this case, you can't enforce it. So we can't have a situation where guys can just, a defender just can be standing there and then you can just dribble through a guy. Because, I mean, if you think LeBron James dominated the NBA already, I mean, I know he's 38, but he's just going to start like literally running over men. It's just, he's going to be doing the Mike Allstott of the NBA. <laughs> Like, what are we talking about here? Now, I assume, and again, I haven't read the article, but I assume what Zach Harper's issue is, is the guy who, you know, at the last second plants his feet for the sole purpose of taking a charge. And and that call does exist because they are taking advantage of the rule. If your feet are set, a guy can't go through you. But how do you have a rule and then say that guys can't take advantage of it. Because you know what else is a bailout rule? The swing through. Like every offensive player on the NBA now, if your hand's there, they're going to – historically, every coach ever keep the ball up here. Why would you ever have the ball down here? Well, what if I'm going to come down and swing through these guys' arms and now I've gotten a foul? It's taking advantage of a rule. So yeah. – We've got a thousand rules in sports that the letter of the law is used to a player's advantage, um, you know, to, to get a call to go their way. You, you know, if you want to, it's, it's just going to, it's just way too difficult to write a rule that somehow disallows the portion of charge taking that people don't like, but also stops LeBron James from Derrick Henrying guys on the way to the basket. You can't get rid of charges. Come on. The offense already has all the power. It's the one yeah. thing that maybe gives a little equilibrium to the situation. You can't get rid of charges. Come on. I don't know what he like. The, the, to me, NBA this is, street. I mean, this, this is like, I don't know what the equivalent is. The pitch clock in baseball, like, not even. I I, I just don't know where he's going with that. But, uh, <coughs> man, he uh, he got he got pretty uh, destroyed. I mean, he was responding to a lot of people. I think he knew he was going to get destroyed. But like, yeah. even within the athletic, John Hollinger wrote a response to his article within his own article in the same publication. Maybe there's just, maybe the nerd fight. Yeah. I'll say maybe <laughs> this was all. <laughs> this, by, by the way, I'm going to shout out. What's going on my, at, the, at the athletic office today? I'm going to shout out my boy, Tony, who listens to the show. Uh, a, a, a somewhat new dirtball. Again, a guy I love. I love it when people who I've known for my whole life decide that, like, in year ten of us doing a podcast, like, yeah, maybe we'll give it a listen. And then they're like, oh, I like your show. But I'm going to shout him out. This is this is straight out of the 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 
the Tony high school thing. He would like instigate fights between two dorks. And then the next thing you know, we'd have like a nerd fight on like the back lawn after school. It'd be like two kids who would never fight anybody. He'd just like walk around being like, yo, I, he said this about you. Yo, he said this about you. And then all of a sudden it'd be outside. It'd be like, nerd fight. That's what's going on at the athletic right now. I think charges should be banned. Well, I think that she, you should be banned. And then, and then you would get extra nerdy. You hop in the comments. And Comment like, haymakers. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. But he, the, the charge, I'd be shocked if they ever actually did that. Again, he's just saying that because Ja, ja got hurt, Giannis got hurt, and the book got hurt on charges. And that's probably where this is all coming from. Right. Right. So big NFL news today, man. We got a big contract. Jalen Hurts signs with the Eagles. 255. Again, I don't get stuck on that. We don't get stuck on that on Dirty Sports. What we are going to get stuck on is the $179 million guaranteed. Five years. No trade clause. $179 million, Jalen Hurts. Well, Andy, I'm going to let you um, give your opinion on this first because if there's something I've learned about the Dirty Sports podcast fans lately, and not all of them. We have so many great fans. Shout out to the people who came to the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas. Shout out to the people who are going to come up and see me at the Throckmorton Theater in San Rafael t- tomorrow. At Killdozer in San Francisco on Wednesday, Stanford, uh, New York Comedy Club, Stanford, Connecticut on June 7th. Shout out to all those people. But if there's something I've learned, it's that uh, you and I can say the same thing. But when I say it, it triggers people. So I'm going to let you go first. Now, you might think this is a great deal. Maybe you think this is an awesome deal. What a, what a, uh, the guy, he's, he was a Super Bowl quarterback last year. Got to the Super Bowl, he was he you know he got MVP votes. You love you love like you go first because I I don't want to trigger anybody. I'm a hater. All right, well here's what I'm gonna say about this deal. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money guaranteed. Well, let, let's start let's start with like yeah I know I know you said it doesn't matter, but like in reality, he has the highest salary in NFL football history. He does. So here's where I'm going to start. And I don't know why nobody starts here. I've, I've mentioned this a few times on our show. I don't know why teams aren't mentioning this. I don't know why. I just don't know why. Like, let's pull up NFL contracts guaranteed, right? Patrick Mahomes is number seven right now. I, I just, I know it was three years ago, but I just don't know why people aren't saying, are you better than Patrick Mahomes? You're not. Okay. You don't deserve that money. That's a totally valid point if I'm a team, if I'm an owner, I'm a GM. I think that's a that's a legit negotiating tactic. Are you better than Patrick Mahomes? No? Okay, you don't get his money. I don't know why nobody says that. That that has me confused every time they negotiate quarterback contracts. Are you better than Mahomes? He's still on top. He makes this. Are you better than him? No, you don't make that. Because I don't know what the counter to that is. Well, that was three years ago. Cool. He's still the best. Well, that was three years ago. The salary cap is changed. Maybe, you know, maybe adjusted for salary cap thing. And then I, I, I guess I would argue this, if that was your thing. Is there anybody in the league 
that you think could show up and say, I want more than Patrick Mahomes, maybe what they do for their team, considering the weapons they have or don't have the, the coaches they have or don't have. Do you think uh, Aaron Rodgers? I think realized his, um, relationship with the Packers was probably souring and therefore went, I'm going to get as much money as I can. And that way, if they ever send me anywhere, I don't have to worry about what that deal is going to be. They can trade me, but they're trading me with my contract. Do you think there's any legitimacy to Aaron Rodgers saying, I want more than Patrick Mahomes? Like, I don't think it's justified. Do you think Joe Burrow can ask for Patrick Mahomes money three years later, four years later? I, again, I just think it's tough. Like, I think I think Burrow's great. I just think again, you know, he's got two Super Bowls. He he's been to three. I I just think. So let's take it back to now. The question at hand here: How well, do you yeah. feel? How do you feel about the Jalen Hurts deal? Okay, so this is how I feel. I think Jalen Hurts had a great year. He surprised me. Surprised a lot of people this think, year. Yes, I, I think that he, would be what everybody's saying now. No, but like he surprised me in the Super Bowl how well he played. Like, I, I think argue I would argue I knew he had that one bad turnover which led to six points. I think argue that might have been his best game of his career. I, I in, in the most difficult moment, right? Like I think he played a great game. But I also think this: you're still running quarterback, man. So so let's address that at first. 179 million to a running quarterback. I think and he's I less do, of a running quarterback than obviously other guys. Yeah, he's less you know, than he's Lamar. Less running quarterback Lamar, than Lamar. But but I also think I don't see the running the running aspect of Jalen Hurts' game. I don't see that changing anytime soon. If that makes sense, like other guys, like Russell Wilson's a prime example. You saw, okay, they're moving away from that, and they did. I don't see that happening with Jalen Hurts. So 179 is a lot for a running quarterback. It's the second most overall guaranteed behind Deshaun Watson. No one's going to come near that. At the end of the day, I think he's way overpaid. You think, I think Jalen Hurts is way overpaid? I think good luck winning with giving him that much. That's what I'm. That's my thought. And I think he had a great year. And I think Jalen Hurts could have a great career. I just think that's a lot of money to build around when the other guys, it just hasn't worked. I'll say this because, and this isn't a shot at anybody because I think um, we're all fans of our teams, you know? Um, but I saw another former guest or of the show, AK, or a co-host of the show. We did a crossover pod with, uh, sports gambling podcast. Sean Grant said, let's fucking go. Great deal for everybody. To me, I'm like, how is giving your quarterback the most money anyone's ever gotten per season and the second most guaranteed money ever? How is that a great deal for everyone? How, like, just explain it to me. How? Like, it can't be the most money ever per year and the second most guaranteed money in the history of the game and be a team-friendly deal. It's not. Now, you can be a person out there that says, um, 
Daniel Jones, for example, my quarterback, got this much money. So, of course, Jalen Hurts deserves this much money. My my warning to Eagles fans, and let me just say this. What do I think about the deal? I love it. I love the deal because I'm a Giants fan. And I love the deal because coming into this or, or at this point in the NFL offseason and this point in NFL free agency, it seemed as though, you know, because he was not due for this deal yet. It seemed as though they were already planning for this. They've been letting guys go left and fucking right. Almost in preparation for this. And, and shocker. Now he's gotten his extension. This is what they have been financially planning for. Now, we can talk about how great this quarterback is and that quarterback is and where Jalen Hurts ranks in quarterback. But one thing I know for sure, the Eagles on paper, without a doubt, had the better roster in the Super Bowl and lost because they didn't have the better quarterback. As well as he played, Mahomes got it done. And I, obviously it's not a game between quarterbacks, but you, ha- you had the better roster. And as an, if you're an Eagles fan, is there any fear whatsoever that you just did this with Carson Wentz? Well, it's funny you say that. I was, I was about to go there. You just like you guys all said he was the MVP. He would have won the MVP if he didn't get hurt. They go to the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl, even though he is hurt, because they have a stacked roster as they have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Three years later, you're firing your coach, benching Wentz for Hurts, moving on from Wentz, and giving Hurts a bigger deal than you ever gave Wentz? Well, the similarities are eerie, especially with both guys having breakout years. Right, like that's what's eerie about it is is both guys. And can we agree that as as great as Jalen Hurts was last year, and and I also think you have to give a guy props for continuing to get better in the league. You come to the league and you continue to get better. But do we also agree, like like my quarterback and Daniel Jones, like the ceiling is only so high to me for my quarterback of my team and Daniel Jones based on how good he was when he came into the league. He wasn't Patrick Mahomes year one. He wasn't Joe Burrow year one. He wasn't Peyton Manning year one. Like, you see guys come into the league and go, my team might suck, but I'm fucking legit. You see what Justin Herbert does. Like, yeah, they've had pretty good teams, but he's also just like, man, my coach kind of stinks. And I put up numbers. (coughs) Like Daniel Jones, who obviously didn't have the year that Jalen Hurts had, but had a breakout year, it's like, we're doing this all based on one year? Yeah, I don't think it's One year with a stacked squad? Well, well, And that's the difference between my quarterback and their quarterback, which is we didn't give him as much money. He didn't have as breakout a year, but he didn't have a team at all in comparison. Well, you have to ask yourself this. Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow were both drafted the same year. They're 
the back-to-back Super Bowl losing quarterbacks. If I asked 32 GMs right now, who are you taking? How many of the 32 are saying Joe Burrow? I would think 30, and that's me giving uh, two people that are just wildly, but you know, the, the Browns do exist. The Jaguars do exist. Like there are teams out there that just like, don't know what the fuck they're doing, but that's what I'm saying. So like the lions are like, we'll take Jalen hurts and oh, oh grit face. And we'll go win the super bowl. But that's what I'm saying. So like we've like, got golf one hurts two. I just, three. I just asked that because they're drafted the same year. Both just lost super bowls. One just got $179 million guaranteed. And now listen, Burrow might end up getting more than that. Well, that, he well, might. that's, that's a whole other discussion. Like he might. What's the argument now? Now, now, if if we're solely basing it off Hertz's deal, and again, the similarities between those quarterbacks are right there. Why would he not get more? What, what's the argument that Burrow doesn't deserve more? Well, deserve more and want more. True, or maybe two different two different things. Or willing to play for like like again. It's 179 million guaranteed. So if he winces because all of a sudden they don't, if he rustles, I mean, we, we, we did this. This is, this is the backbone of the dirty sports podcast for the last seven years. I mean, here it is, dude. You, you know, here it is. You, you have the top quarterbacks right now. Top guarantees are right here. Deshaun Watson, 230. Jalen Hurts, 179. Russell Wilson, 161. Kyler Murray, 159. And Aaron Rodgers, 150. This shows you, though, for the millionth time, the other contracts are not working. It didn't work for Deshaun. It hasn't worked for Deshaun. It hasn't worked for Russell Wilson. It hasn't worked for Kyler Murray. It didn't work last year for Aaron Rodgers. And what's crazy is that this list, which shows the top five guaranteed paid quarterbacks, doesn't even include Patrick Mahomes. So, like... You keep going down the list. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, seven. Stafford, eight. Prescott, nine. Goff, ten. Then you get your first non-quarterback in Bosa. I mean, looking back on it, the Chiefs were just brilliant in how they did this. I don't care what anybody says. The fact that Patrick Mahomes already is the seventh highest guaranteed player in the NFL. Like, that's a good deal at this point. It's actually a great deal for an ROI, for your return on investment. That's just, I don't know. I would not have done the Hurts deal. I would have given him at least $30 million less guaranteed. Starting there. I, I just, I don't know. Like, it's a lot of money, again, for a running quarterback. A guy had one great year. I'm not trying to say that he's not going to sustain it. I think, I think he's, I think he can be a really good quarterback. 
in this NFL. I also think he's got to stop running the ball so damn much. And I'll, I, to me, it's it's as simple as this. And it was the big, it was the huge fear when my team had to do their quarterback deal this year. The huge fear is great season, love it. I believe in Daniel Jones, but it was one year. If you had told me going into last season when the Giants had the opportunity to pick up the option, the Giants said, we're not picking up the option. We're giving him $40 million a year, $90 million, $92 million guaranteed. I would have killed myself. It's a little easier to swallow after one year, but still, I'm just overwhelmed with fear that we now have Dexter Lawrence not showing up to camp, that we now have Saquon Barkley not showing up to camp because we've paid a quarterback after one year. Okay. Five years is what Jalen Hurts signed. Let's let's ask a couple questions. Do the Eagles return to the Super Bowl in those five years with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback? That's a hard no for me. Hard no? That's a hard no for me. Wow. Do they return to an NFC championship game? That's a possible. Interesting. So I thought they, you were going to give me games played. I thought you were going to give me Izzy on the Eagles in five years. I thought you were going to give me, you know, <coughs> a lot of different things. Well, I didn't think you were going to give me Super Bowl. Super Bowl? I'm going hard now. Izzy you, on the just, Eagle. Izzy on the Eagles in five years. That's I would say. I would say at the end of this contract, it's it's a coin flip. But also they'll have paid. I think he'll he'll have gotten through the point in the contract that would have been his guaranteed money. He'll you know if he's getting fifty one million you know a year or whatever it is, um, the idea that he gets three years and plays his guarantee like that's going to happen. Yeah. It'll be interesting, man. I, I you know it, it's it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money when you have a cap. And there's only so much you can do with it. I think it's definitely going to, well, obviously it's going to affect the Burrow and Herbert situation. Herbert, I can't really figure out because it's like, well, he still hasn't won a playoff game. No one's denying his ability, but... Like the argument that he deserves more, I think you can you can. Right, say but also, I mean, probably even more immediately, it affects the Lamar situation, right? Does it help or hurt Lamar? I think it helps, but I also don't know. We we don't we don't have like we don't have a firm thing on like what he was guaranteed or wasn't guaranteed, but like it certainly helps in that he was, you know, the reports had, Oh, 133 guaranteed. Now they, the Eagles got to the super bowl, but again, and, and for me, the issue with Lamar is the wanting the guaranteed and the not staying on the field. Like we said, <coughs> Jalen hurts missed the game last year. Two games last two, year. Two, yeah. 
Yeah, two games last year because he was hurt. Yeah. Um, but Lamar's missing games in a couple years in a row. The the to me the one playoff win is a factor because of the defenses they have had, but also it's a team fucking game, you know. Sure. Like I'm not like that's the same thing. I'm not going to judge Justin Herbert. Oh, you haven't got a playoff game. I was like, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, but I think it helps Lamar in that. Hey, man, you guys offer me 133 guaranteed. Another team running quarterback, 179 guaranteed. Yeah, man, it's a lot of money for a running quarterback. I think Jalen Hurts has shown us more in his ability to maybe transition into a pocket passing quarterback, but we'll see. I agree. But we'll see. Because they needed him to run. They needed him to run to win last year. They did. Facts. They don't go to the Super Bowl. They don't compete in that Super Bowl without him running the football. Now I'm seeing this late, this tweet from two hours ago, Jalen hurts five-year contract extension with the Eagles is very similar to the offer that Lamar turned down in September, which was reported by Schefter and Mort. This is interesting. Hurts total value could be 255. Lamar Jackson's 250. Guarantee for injury, Hertz was 179. Lamar was 175. I'm a little confused on that. Okay. Uh, is 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 Jalen Hurts getting 179 guaranteed or not? Does he have to play a certain amount of games? I did not see that. And and if you look at the reports so far that I've seen, I've seen reports that are reporting the number and then seeing the financial details are not like being reported yet. And I'm just like. How are you giving me that? so? I think there is more to it. The basically the people that are reporting it, the Schefters and the Rappers and whatever they're saying, we don't know all the details yet, but we know the 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 numbers. So that'll all figure out. The bottom line for me is that's kind of neither here nor there, as far as I'm concerned. To me, I'm a New York Giants fan. If you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan and you love this deal, good for you. To me, I wake up, Jalen Hurts got the richest contract in NFL history and the second most guaranteed money ever. And he's not Joe Burrow. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Cool. I'm in. Yeah. It's a lot of money, man. I am so curious what's going on with the Bengals, though. Like, you have to wonder, right? Are they regretting not getting this done first? Or is it like it's the Bengals and this is what happens? They had the deal in place first, but they didn't have any pens. So it couldn't actually get signed. But things are different. Things are different. That's my, that's my favorite local Cincinnati thing. Things are different. Katie the, Joe, the, Joe, the Joe Burrow contract situation is like the succession episode last night. Too many things written in pencil with question marks. Yeah, I did not see it yet, so let's just <laughs> tap the break. There's things in pencil with question marks.
No one knows. Is this legally binding? Yeah. Because I, I don't know, you were flying, but like literally right when he signed that deal, Burrow became a top five trend. And I was like, yeah, of course. Because everybody's like, okay, what's going to happen with this deal? What's going to happen with the Herbert deal? What's going to happen with Lamar Jackson? I do have a feeling, Burrow, I could be wrong. He gives me major like, how can we make this work to keep some of these guys? Vibes. And I could be wrong. And I wouldn't fault him either way. I'm never going to fault anybody for taking money. Hey, you want to get paid? Get paid. I, I, again, I think there's, you have to look at it as, a, like, I have no problem with just saying, I have no problem with people who are like, I want the most money I could possibly get. But I think that if you're a quarterback, you need to go in. You, if I, If I were a quarterback, I would say to my agent, this is the number that I I insist on getting, okay? I insist on getting this amount. Now, if I could get more, great. But, like, I need this amount for me. You figure out how to get me that amount and make it friendly for them because in the end, the way you make the most money is to win Look, look at Tom Brady. You, If you get half as much for 20 years as you would get for fucking eight, you make more money. Yeah. Yeah. Car- I mean- Carson Wentz, he gone. Jared Goff, he gone. Matthew Stafford's higher on that list than Jared Goff. Yeah. Well, you know, Brady is the highest earning quarterback of all time. By almost 30 million at this point. So and I don't know. And I wonder if there was ever a year he was the highest earning quarterback. I doubt it. Who knows? So we'll see. Hey, man, the draft is a week from Thursday, so there should be some some movement, or maybe we'll know more on some of these quarterbacks, some of these situations. But uh, stay tuned. That was a that was a nice little nice little nug that dropped today. Let me ask you because you asked me. Let me let me just ask you this. Do the Eagles win the NFC East next year? We've lost a lot of players. You're you 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 have the Eagles or the field. The field is obviously field. a a debacle. Commanders franchise that's been sold. A now <coughs> a now led by a fairly big contract himself, Daniel Jones Giants. I'll take the field and the Cowboys. Also based on the history of that division. Okay. Based on the history of that division is fine. Right. But let me just ask you something. You are not an Eagles hater. You're not an Eagles hater. Is that at all telling about 
how you feel about Jalen Hurts. They were just in the Super Bowl. They just locked up their quarterback for the number, the highest salary of all time. And you're not even sure if you, you're taking the field. Taking the field. Well, again, I, th- I think all, just... all, 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 I want all of your butt hurt fucking. I want all butt hurt Jalen for hurt fans directed at Andy Ruther. Keep me out of your fucking mentions. I just think, too, again, the, these running guys, I don't know how many times we're going to say it. Like, design run. You were just setting yourself up, man. Where, where are the Eagles when Jalen Hurts goes down? He's a dynamic quarterback. But not when he's not playing. I think I think it'll make it real interesting now that he's got that money. I'm a little surprised, to be honest, that he got that much money. They believe in him. He's young, man. He's 24. They believe in him. We'll see. Let us know what you think. Call our hotline. 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. Give us a ring. Try to keep it under 60 seconds. Please follow us on social media at The Dirty Sports. Joe Brando tells comedy on stage to people. You should go see him live. I do. Shout out to everybody who came out to uh, the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas. <laughs> Tomorrow, Throckmorton Theater, Mill Valley in Marin County, California. Wednesday, Killdozer uh, in San Francisco. Details of that on my website. Just click through my shows tab. Tonight and Thursday, I'll be at Mets games, Dodger Stadium tonight. Uh, is it Oracle still? Oracle Park in uh, San Francisco. Not if sure. you want, if you want to have some baseball beers, um, J- June seventh, Stamford, Connecticut, New York Comedy Club in Stamford, Connecticut. Tickets on sale soon. More New York dates coming. End of May, back in uh, the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas. All those and more. JoePrano.com forward slash shows, or just keep on my social media at JoePrano except for Twitter where I'm at Fixture Life. I tweet about all the stuff, but those are a couple of the places I'll be coming. Coming soon. Cool. All right, guys. That is our show. Thanks for sticking with us. Go get you some ham. Go watch some NBA playoffs. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>